0: Instead of religion being the institution of love and unity, religion can be used as a tool for destruction, a tool for division and segregation. And when we reach that extreme, that will be the greatest scandal for religion. It is not surprising that in our first reading when the Jewish religious leaders accused Paul of blasphemy and when they brought Paul to the Roman administration for judgment and possible execution, Paul looked around and saw that there were Pharisees and Sadducees forming the Sanhedrin and the Council of Elders. And he knew what each of these groups stood for. So he threw in the trump card, a faith issue, because Paul was preaching about the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ. And he looked around and he said, Brothers, I am not a blasphemer. I am for what... Israel stands for. I stand for the belief in the resurrection. Because he's preaching about the resurrected Christ, then the belief that the dead will rise again is being emphasized and affirmed there. And immediately that began to spark a revolt between the Sadducees who do not believe in the resurrection. Who do not believe in angels and spirits on one hand and the Pharisees who believe in these on the other hand, so instead of Paul being their opponent, they turn against each other, and a fierce debate and uproar broke among them. that is where Religion can be used as an instrument of separation and destruction. It was so fierce that the Roman administrators felt that they might tear Paul into pieces, so he sent his guards to go and rescue Paul from among them. In our world today, religious fanatism is always a big problem my faith has to stand but yours has to collapse the fact that i believe that i have the right to worship my god the way i want you do not have the right to worship god in the african family it was this extended big family where everybody was united and you go to a household is a whole compound house with a lot of people 15 20 people living together in peace and in love they ate together in the night all the kids will gather around the feet of the elders and they will tell them stories we were all united and that is why in my culture there is no word for cousin Because you grow up with your cousins and you identify them as your brothers and sisters. That is it, period. You don't go trying to explain, oh, this is the daughter of this woman and this woman is the sister of my mother. No, you don't go there. There's no word for that. Unfortunately, religion, Christianity came to the African soil already divided. The Reformation So the church that came to Africa was the post-Reformation church. And when these churches began to establish, they started fighting each other. And that put a wedge through the well knit cultural fabric of the African society. And the same thing is happening in most parts of the world. When you come to southwest Georgia, if you are a Catholic, people will look at you at a point point uh, accusing fingers at you thinking that you are the idol worship. you're the craziest person. Why are you a Catholic? That is what religion has turned into. If you have your own family and you're a Catholic, other members of your family who are not Catholics wouldn't like to have anything to do with you. So much. But today, The gospel says that Jesus prayed for his disciples and all those who believe in what they preach. In other words, for the apostles and for us who believe in what they preach. This is the only long, verbal, formal prayer of Jesus Christ recorded in the Bible. And St. John records that. And two important things come out. The first thing that he talks about is unity. I pray that they will be one as you and I are one. So that people will know that they are my disciples. So division, suppression in churches and religious Christianity does not testify to the fact that we are disciples of Jesus so that they will be one that people will know that they are my disciples. Without that unity, we fail to exhibit our call to discipleship. Unfortunately, you come to even the little parish like St. Augustine, you can even meet people who don't want to talk to other people and if you go into it, it's a trivial issue that people are holding on to and don't want to. Dearly beloved, if we live in division, segregation, disunity, gruntness, the question is how are we testifying to the fact that we are disciples of Jesus? How are we witnessing to our identity as people who are beneficiaries of the suffering, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. The second thing is that he prays that they will love as God is loving. God is love. The essence of God is love. And if we are disciples of Jesus, if we are children of God, then we cannot do otherwise. We got to love. So if you put this prayer together, he prays for, 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 for courage for them. He prays for unity. He prays for love. So a love and unity should be the characteristics of any vibrant community that calls themselves the Christian community. Let me tell you, people who look at what you do How closely you are together as a community of faith, as a family of believers, how you love and embrace and accept one another. And I tell you, that will be the best gospel they will ever read. If anybody comes to this community and does not find Jesus in this community, which is the body of Christ, probably that person might not find Christ anywhere. Let me conclude with a story, a story of an elderly lady who was so lonely and nobody cared about. This lady was so miserable and one day decided she was going to look for God and ask God one question. Why am I so lonely in society? And there was this little boy who had been taught in religious education that God is so loving and cheerful and happy. And he decided one Saturday morning to go for a hiking to go and look for God because he thinks God should be an awesome person. So he told the parents, Mom, tomorrow I need to go and find God. Because he will be a fan to be with. So this boy had sandwiches prepared for him and some drinks, and he put it in a a backpack, and he carried that, and he was going. And this lady, coming from the other side of the road, got so tired and sat by the roadside trying to catch her breath. Then he sees this little boy with this heavy backpack, you know, Trying to climb to the top of the mountain and he's staggering on the road and he's struggling to go. So it looked so funny to this elder lady. You know what he did? So he started smiling. And he laughed and laughed at the boy. But this elder lady had no teeth at all. All were gone. And you could imagine somebody with her teeth and is so I mean laughing aloud. And that fascinated this young boy. So he quickly lowered his backpack, unzipped it, and took a piece of sandwich and gave it to the young of the elder lady. The lady took it and the face brightened and started smiling all the more. So the more the lady smiled, the more this young man put, took the sandwiches and drinks and gave it to, to her until she, he had nothing left in the backpack. And this boy came back home you know the message you brought, Mom, Dad. I met God today. You never told me God is an elderly lady without a teeth, but I tell you, she is the greatest fun to be with. She laughs and laughs and laughs all the time. I was so happy. Then this elderly lady went back home and he told her neighbors, "Today I met God. God is a little boy, and he gives and gives and gives until he has nothing left." Both of them exhibited the characteristic of the divine person to the other. The boy saw God in the smile of this elder lady. The elder lady saw God in the generosity of this young boy. How is God seen in you? Today we are challenged may the love and unity of God which is the greatest characteristic of the Trinity, communion, love. May that love and unity characterize our lives and our parish family. Amen.